Today I will be reading from Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You were right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is most important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So I need, your, uh, I need to get you, how about an icebreaker kind of warm-up question? You all up for that? Yeah, if you say no, it's okay. But uh, here's the deal. We're going to talk about rules today. How many of you just love rules? We'll pray for you later. Okay. Um, no, but on a scale of one to ten, one being you're a rule follower, a rule keeper. You know when the rules are being violated. You're extra sensitive to that. That's a number one. And then all the way up to ten would be the just rule breaker. Rule bre- and that person is not here today. They're probably incarcerated. So somewhere in between. Yeah. But just rate yourself. Okay. Pick a number. This is very personal, you know. Don't rate the person next to you. However, now I'd like you to share your number with the person ne- around you. Just somebody, if, if, if you're around somebody. Go ahead, do it. Okay. If you're still talking, you are officially a rule breaker. <laughs> quick story, quick story. This is uh, back a, a few years, a long time ago when I was in business and I, I owned a business. I had a salesman. His name was, also, his name was Mark. And uh, he invited me to go fishing with him one morning, got up at early and got there to the boat launch. It was on a lake uh, down there in Olympia. And uh, we I, were uh, launching the boat and I noticed that he had a motor on the boat. And then right next to the boat launch, there was a big sign. You couldn't miss it that said no motors. You know, the one that has the motor, but just has the red line through it. So we're talking about red lines here or black. I can't remember if it's black. Red circle, black line, whatever. And uh, it's pretty obvious that the intent was that you don't have motors here. And then I said, what's going on here, Mark? You know, and he said, well, uh, it's an electric motor. We're within the spirit of the law. That, remember that phrase, okay? Remember that phrase. We're within the spirit of the law. Now, this is the same guy. I traded vehicles with him one time, and I had to get into his glove box. I was looking for... And I get in there, and there was a stack of parking tickets. It looked like a deck of cards. <laughs> parking tickets, parking violations. And I asked him about it. I said, you know, I didn't mean to you know, I, I, pry, but what do you, what's that all about? Nobody does that. And he says, oh, I just wait every six months, and they send me a statement. Ha! <laughs> We, everybody has different ways of doing life, I guess. So we're, we get the boat launched, and we're out there, uh, and there's a bunch of guys fishing from the shore, probably wishing they were in a boat, but they rightly said, hey, didn't you guys see the sign? No motors. And my friend Mark, just in his kind of cute way, says, oh, we have an electric motor. We're within the spirit of the law, the spirit of the law. And I just pulled my hat down like this and, you know, sunk down in my seat. Uh, 
Okay, rules. Uh, we need rules in life. We live in a broken, we're on a broken planet, as C.S. Lewis talked about it. It's a broken planet. Things are broken. People are broken. And we need rules to kind of hold things together. That's, it's important. But when the rules become, you know, a source where we think they're kind of like life-sustaining and we, we build our lives around those rules, we just are in danger of being crushed by them in our hearts especially. We're just not meant for that kind of uh, relationship to rules. And it, they, it, rules can actually dehumanize us. They can keep us human, and they can also dehumanize us if there's too much given to them. And that's kind of complicated, what I just said. But Jesus has a way of simplifying the complex. And simple does not mean easy, does it? Because he's going to ask us to do some hard stuff. But he simplifies these ideas so that we can grasp them. And he talks about the main thing. And we like to say here that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And Jesus is going to uh, reveal, in, you know, out of all this complexity, what the main thing is in relationship to rules and life. So we want to listen to him. And I've got a very simple outline this morning. Uh, we're going to have communion at the end, but there's a good question that gets asked and then a great answer that Jesus gives to that question. So I'd like to just read from Mark chapter 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. So this, you have to go back to last week to get the context here. What was the debate about last week? It was about whether there was an afterlife a resurrection or not. And the Pharisees, uh, Jesus sided with the Pharisees in saying that there is a resurrection and the Sadducees were adamant that there is not. And so this teacher of the law is a Pharisee who, you know, when you're, uh, you're, if, you're, you, if you share an enemy with somebody, you're a, you're a friend with that person, you know, and, and so they, this guy kind of likes Jesus. This is a little different than what we've seen in the last three weeks, this person, there's not a big conflict here, and they actually kind of warm up to each other, and at the end, Jesus says, you're not far from the kingdom of God. So there's not that sense to cap, uh, catch Jesus in a trap that we've had earlier. But uh, this, this guy has a good question uh, relating to all of that. And then uh, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he liked that answer because he agreed with it, he asked him, uh, of uh, all the commandments... Out of all the commandments, which one or which is the most important? Okay, so how many commandments are there? What would he be talking about here? This is a trick question, I'll tell you right now. I'm going to catch you guys. You, I, and ten is, the, is sort of the, what you'd think, but it's actually 613. So somebody, and, and this was true back in the first century in the time of Christ, the rabbis actually counted the number of do's and don'ts in the first five books of the Bible, which is known as the Torah, the books of Moses, and they counted 248 do's and 365 don'ts. That's one don't for every day of the year. So that's a lot of rules, right? And kids, you thought you had rules at your house. But this is the way it was. And so naturally they wanted to know what are the heavier or weightier rules, the ones that are most important. And they had continual uh, arguments or discussions about the weightier rules or commandments in the law as opposed to the lighter ones. And so we have rules about um, you know, not murdering people, but we also have rules about not eating insects. Which one is heavier or weightier? Not murdering people, right? 
and kids are always glad, uh, you know, to not to hear that we're not supposed to eat insects too. I mean, that's not a, who wants to do that. But that was a rule that God made for reasons that have to do with sanitation. So, uh, you, the, and in, in the Ten Commandments, you have the weightier ones, maybe or not. But within the Ten Commandments, is it is it more important that we not use God's name in vain, or is it more important that we keep the Sabbath? So they would argue about that. They had a lot of arguments back then <laughs> about the rules. Now, we understand that. I mean, I think in our homes, sometimes these rules don't always add up, and we want to know the why behind them and what's really the most important one. And uh, when I was in a previous place, and we had a neighbor next to us. She actually came to our church. I was her pastor, but we were also neighbors, which is always kind of interesting. And so I go over to her house. Our kids played, and I go to her house. I noticed on her refrigerator, she had this 21 rules of our house thing. And by the way, I'm not a one when it comes to rule keeping. <laughs> Can I confess that here? Is it okay? Yeah, just don't tell anybody out there. Anyway, um, so I was looking at this, and I, uh, 21 rules, and I'm thinking, oh, where did, where did, who came up with that? And I looked down the list, and at the top of the list, it said, obey God. And I'm thinking, okay, I got that part. That's, that's good. But I get down, and I read, and down there, like, for example, number 18 uh, was having to do with cleaning up your mess. Now, any parent, they're going to want that rule on your list, right? You might be tempted to put that number one before obeying God even. I mean, it's like, get your messes cleaned up. And we're looking at, I'm looking at a refrigerator here, and the implications are kind of obvious. And uh, So I, I was inside myself, I was thinking, this... Uh, what do I do? I, I want to have some fun. So I, I came, they had a whiteboard next to, the, on the refrigerator, you know, those little whiteboard things. And uh, I said, I'm going to enter rule number 22 and rule number 23. So here's rule number 22. This is a, a phrase that my kids like to quote. So, you know, over and over again, rules are meant to be broken. Okay, <laughs> there you go. And uh, then um, if that didn't go over well with her, I put number, rule number 23. Love thy neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Totally unfair, right? But I was just having fun, you know, pastor next door neighbor kind of stuff. And, but we want to know how things stack up and what's the most important. So Jesus gives us a beautiful response. This is so cool how he does it. Um, he is Jesus, I guess, and what else can you say? But he says that the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, and he quotes from what is called the Shema, which is a famous quote in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4, or verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. In other words, just love him with everything that you are. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so the second one is a quote from Leviticus chapter 19. So you have these two quotes together. And Matthew says that all of the other commandments, uh, this is what Jesus is saying in Matthew's version of the same story, all the other commandments are hinged upon or hang upon these two commandments. Now, these two commandments, loving God and loving people, cannot be separated or unhinged from each other. You know that. You can't, because I hear this sometimes, like, well, because people, sometimes we get kind of tired of people, right? And we say, well, I just love God, and I'm going to be with God, and I'm going to forget people. I've been burned too many times, and that doesn't work that way. When we love God, 
we have to, our hearts have to love what he loves. And guess what? He loves people. He's, he's really big on that. And so we have to love people too. You can't separate these two out. And that's in, in those two commandments that go together, all the other 613, they, they just kind of flow out of that. Get this right, you get all that right. It's the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. So the Ten Commandments, just to illustrate, that would be the core of those 613. The Ten Commandments really are the core. The first three, potentially four, have to do with loving God. That is, the uh, uh, no other gods before me, no idols, and keep the name of the Lord holy. And then the Sabbath keeping, also kind of, kind of in there as well, is about loving God. And then the second six or seven commandments are all about loving people. So keeping Sabbath, you can also love people on the Sabbath. And then honoring your parents, not murdering somebody, not committing adultery, not stealing, not lying, and not coveting are all about loving people. And we have to interpret them because they're kind of negative. You know, do not, do not, do not. But for me to love my wife, I, I mean, I, I, that's what, when I don't commit adultery, I'm, the motivation is I'm loving my wife. We get at the motivation here. When I, when I don't steal, the positive motivation there is to give generously, to love other people by sharing with them. So there's this loving God and loving people that are built into the commandments. Now here's the, the final thing I want to get at here, is that from the world of mathematics, which is not my strength, I'll admit it, but there's a beautiful thing called bounded set or centered set relationships. And so uh, just real quick on this one. A bounded set relationship would be like this. And the, 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 the big thing is to tr- determine who's inside the circle and who's outside the circle. And you make those boundaries very, very clear. And we need boundaries in life, folks. I'm all for boundaries, but, and it helps to define things. But um, there's limitations as to what boundaries can do. And at some point, instead of being life-giving, they can take life away from us. So are you in or are you out? is the question that a bounded set uh, relationship view would ask. Now here's the centered set, and I know, I know it looks kind of chaotic, and there's a cross in the middle, but the, the, what determines, the most important thing here is not, not this circle that defines who's in and out. What is important here is what's in the middle? What's in the center? What is the main thing that we keep? And in the Christian life, it's all about Jesus Christ. And he would say it's about love, but the best emblem of love that we have to offer is Jesus Christ. Christ on a cross, that's why you have the cross there. And the most important thing for us, as you look at those people there, is where are you pointing? And where is your arrow uh, zeroed in on? And this is the difference between the two. Now, in Australia, I'm told, and I, I had to, uh, I had a funny look from a young woman up, uh, who's from Australia. So I don't know if this is totally true, but I was told this. So bear with me. And, and uh, uh, but at least in some places there, because I know it's not true everywhere, but in some places there, the sheep herders will not use fences. They don't need to use fences to keep the sheep. And sheep need to be kept. They they do. But instead, they can use wells because that's where the life is. It's in the water. The thing is, the fence, if you eat it, will get you no nourishment. 
and that's the rules. They're there to help us, protect us, but they're not life-giving. It's in the center where we find life. Now, the communion tables that you're going to be asked to come to, that's the center today. That's where life is. Jesus Christ, is. his promise is that he is at these tables in a unique way. And that in, the, in there you can be fed. His body, his blood, we, we'll, we'll talk about it here in just a sec, but that's where life is. It's not in the rules. We need rules. And here's what Jesus says to us. Come to me, all of you who are tired, tired of rule-breaking, because that is tiresome. I've been there. The consequences you pay for that, it's not good. But also, you get tired from rule-keeping. It's awfully wearisome. I mean, it's just rule-keeping can wear you out. Jesus says to both, whatever your number is, he says, come to me. Come to me and I will feed you. Let's confess our sins and then we will do that which Jesus invites us to do. Would you all stand? Let's read this together, our confession. Most merciful God, we have sinned against you and others by not loving. Even when we do good, we do it to be noticed by you or others. The bottom line is that our hearts are in need of love to be received and to be given. Have mercy on us. Whenever we do a confession and allow those words to sink in to your heart, we are also quick to do a, a, remember the words of forgiveness that come our way. And this is from Psalm 103. Let us read together. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Amen. Gracious Lord, thank you for your mercy and grace that absolves us of our sin, our lack of love. And Lord, it all starts with you. We have no love without you. And your word to us today is, to each of us, I love you. So thank you for your grace that finds us here this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.